Conversations podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conversations Interpreting and Translating podcast. Before we start, I'd like to respectfully acknowledge that I am conducting this interview on the traditional land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to the elders, both past and present and future. Uh, now, today, I'm very lucky to have with me Yue Hu, who is the Director of the Transcultural and Language Services at Northern Health. Hello, Yue. How are you? How are you? Nice to meet you, Patrick. Uh, very good. Thank you. I'm also very good. And uh, I was very lucky to meet you in person last week. We had a, we had a brief chat at uh, one of our lectures uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, but we had a chance to finally let our hair down and have a couple of glasses of wine uh, at at an event last week. Um, And uh, it's uh, that particular event that I'd like to talk to you about today. It was uh, June 3rd. We were at the reception for the Centre for Cultural Diversity and Ageing's Excellence Awards. And what an excellent night it was, actually, wasn't it? Definitely. That was my first on-site event after a while. It was quite enjoyable. It was a lovely night. Uh, so after, I think, uh, being postponed for about four times due to COVID restrictions, exactly. it was finally able to go ahead. Um, and I just want to send a big shout out and a thanks to Lisa Trebuzio, uh, who was the manager at the Centre for Cultural Diversity and Ageing, and her team for putting on an amazing night last week. So thank you very much for the team there. At that event last week, Northern Health actually won an award. So congratulations. You won the award for excellence in organizational leadership. Thank you. Yes, we won an award. We were one of the uh, finalists in the event and we were very excited about it. And while we're at that, uh, probably give a big kudos to for other finalists as well, uh, Bolton Clark and the Australian Multicultural Community Services for their services to the aged care industry as well. So a big shout out to them too. You what was this award about? So what is the excellence in organisational leadership? What did Northern Health Transcultural and Language Services do to win this amazing award? I think um, by receiving this award, it is a recognition of all the service uh, transculture and language services department has been doing over the last 15 years. Um, we started from a very little team, only four people. Coming today, we have 46 in-house employees uh, plus a uh, bookings admin team and two managers. So uh, we've come a long way in the last 15 years in leading this organization's cultural change uh, in providing culturally competent care to our consumers coming to the service. And uh, well done again for such an achievement. In particular with uh, aged care, uh, which is uh, the focus of the um, Centre for Cultural Diversity in Ageing, what services do you offer for the aged care uh, sector at Northern Health there? A large portfolio of what Towers have been doing is to provide cultural competence training to the organisation mm-hmm. in educating the clinicians and everybody about why we need to provide culturally competent care to our patients, why we need to engage them directly um, by making them feeling safe in attending our service. Uh, so that is very important when we uh, speak with our patients, when we want to engage with them. Um, a lot of the times when we are not engaging our patients directly, we are losing that opportunity. We are losing that chance to hear what they really want to say. And we were been trying to 
um, maybe I would say find excuses for ourselves not to do that. Um, mm. Sometimes we would say it is too hard to find an interpreter. Uh, sometimes it is um, just um, very challenging to communicate with yeah. these people, not understanding their cultural needs, not understanding their background, or it is just too hard to trying to understand each and every culture of all the patients of the way they're coming from. Um, and on the other hand, some people, some clinicians, they are so keen to talk to these patients to understand their cultural needs, uh, that they would um, approach experts like us, approach libraries, lectures and books, trying to find the answers. But what we are trying to tell them is, you just need to talk to the person in front of you. Uh, forget about all of those theories behind you, all the knowledges that you learn by traveling all over the world in understanding each culture. The best strategy is just to talk to the person in, in front of you because on the other hand we don't want to stereotype as well we mm -hmm. don't want to mm -hmm. put people into boxes because I have understood that culture I think that's uh, what Taos has been doing in the last 15 years um, by constantly giving lectures around the organization to each departments uh, to approach them and tell them uh, the importance of engaging language service when you are trying to engage a patient. Mm. Um, so we, because we know we know you want to provide a good care for the patient, no one would just come to work and just make that decision, I'm not going to provide a good care today for my patient. No one wants to do that. We all have good intention when we come to work, um, but we all know hospital is a very busy environment. You Sometimes you just don't have the time to be able to do everything you wanted to do. Um, doesn't matter whether you are providing care for a patient attending a clinic appointment or a patient has been admitted in the ward. Um, everybody wants to look after them um, with the resources that we have been provided. So that's the value of having the in-house team. We now provide close to 80% of the language services demand in-house. The rest wow. of the, the agency. Yeah, um, by having this large in-house team, I think we also give the confidence to this organization that they can access the language service they want um, at the time they want because we have such a large coverage. You make an amazing point there because, you know, it's it, it sometimes healthcare professionals for them, it's just easier to use a family member because getting an interpreter is going to be you're taking too long. Um, you know, they, you, they have to book, go jump through a lot of hoops. I mean, it's not a lot of hoops that they have to jump through, honestly, I guess, but for them, because they're so busy and they're seeing so many patients every day, it might just seem like it's easy to talk to that family member instead of talking to the person directly with an interpreter. But to have such a big in-house team like the Northern um, and the healthcare professionals knowing that they can have access to pretty much any interpreter that they want um, uh, whenever they want, and also with, the, with you and your team educating them about the importance of using interpreters constantly, I think makes a big difference, wouldn't you say? Exactly, exactly. Um, and I, the, the mindset change that I mentioned before is also to see interpreters as part of the team, part of the caring team, together with the clinicians and anybody who works in the hospital. So having an in-house team 
uh, will help with that as well because interpreters are considered staff members working in the hospital mm-hmm. together with the clinician. So it helps with that mindset change. Um, before, if you if a clinician see an interpreter as a helper for the patient, then it will, if I am a clinician holding that thought, um, probably it would be less possible for me to see the interpreter as part of my team uh, that I need to engage this interpreter to provide the care that I want to provide to the patient. So by having in-house interpreter working in a team with the clinician, I think that helps the clinician to have that shift of mindset as well. Definitely. You know, if the clinician knows that the interpreter is there as part of the healthcare team, you know, just like nurses and and radiologists, everyone that's working at the hospital, interpreter is a part of that team, and it's a collaborative um, approach for the healthcare and the and the well being of the patient, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. When uh, speaking of aged care, looking after elderly patients, um, during COVID, we know it has been a challenge for everybody. Um, so we have been very lucky that we have an in-house team uh, because uh, during at the beginning of the COVID, we have been providing PPE training for our mm-hmm. interpreters. Um, we have been adopting all the safety measures. Uh, we have skilled up our workforce at the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, during the whole process, I think we quickly shifted uh, our workforce uh, from a purely face-to-face interpreting team to a very diverse team. We provide telephone service, we provide video service, um, we provide all the trainings to our interpreters for them to be able to change the way they deliver their service as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also, because we are part of the uh, hospital workforce, we are looped in the communication of all the COVID information, uh, of all the uh, safety training and everything. Uh, so we are confident uh, when we attend a on-site service in the aged care facility, we have all the gears and knowledge and skills to be able able to conduct our service on site. Uh, if we are not able to do that service on site, we can quickly shift that delivery type to video or telephone, and we have a, a, a good admin team to help with that shift very timely as well. Now, I know that at Northern Health, and um, I, I had a chat to your predecessor as well uh, last year. Uh, hello to Emiliano here, and congrats on his new position at the ECCV. Um, and I know how Northern Health is a very innovative organisation there with the TELS uh, department there. Um, now, one of Australia's uh, best innovations, I think, uh, over the last couple of years, and it was Australia's first, I believe, virtual emergency department that the Northern Health launched, right? Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, was that just because of COVID or did you have those planned and then it just happened to coincide with COVID. It's an amazing service. Tell us a bit about the virtual ED. Yeah, it is a very interesting uh, service. It was Australia's uh, first virtual online 
emergency department. Uh, initially, it started from an idea of one of our uh, doctors in ED, uh, and she created this idea into virtual ED as what we are seeing today. Now, virtual ED has gone statewide. Uh, Northern Health is now providing virtual um, emergency service to not only uh, people in the Northern Health catchment, but also to all Victorian. Oh, wow. Yeah, to all Victorian residents. Is it the only hospital offering virtual ED at the moment or are there other hospitals that have caught on to this? Uh, at the moment, it's Northern Health, uh, the only public health service providing virtual ED service. Yes. Wow. Go Northern Health. <laughs> yes, it is an amazing initiative, yes. Um, so uh, what we are doing is um, we are using the Health Direct platform, which is the platform for all the telehealth mm-hmm. consultation while video. Any patients who would like to see an emergency uh, physician or a clinician, they can hop online uh, by scanning a QR code or uh, click on the link uh, after the registration they're being put in a waiting area virtually before uh, they are seen by an emergency clinician. And uh, can they have access to an interpreter as well? Yes, definitely. Um, they uh, have access to interpreters as well. They can take when they uh, are doing the registration to say they need an interpreter. So mm-hmm. uh, the uh, clinician will help them to find an interpreter. Wow, that, that sounds amazing. Uh, I know that this is quite a new service, but uh, I could only imagine that uh, it would take off a lot of pressure from the actual in-person emergency department, wouldn't it? Exactly, exactly. We don't have a specific data about that yet. Uh, However, uh, what we are seeing is it's not only reducing the waiting time of the uh, actual emergency department uh, by triaging these people to uh, virtual online service. It is also a new service that is provided online for everyone to have access to, regardless of where you are. Uh, A couple of us already accessed this service, even some of our interpreters have mm. tried this service and they say it is so convenient. You can hop online on any of your devices at home. So the wait time is not that long before you can speak with someone online. Uh, for non-life-threatening conditions, uh, it is definitely something uh, you would feel uh, confident uh, to access. And whether or not it's uh, life-threatening or non-life-threatening, I guess that's found out through triage, right? I mean, you're you're still seen by a triage nurse and then that nurse might say, oh, actually, come to the hospital right now. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And of course, if you are experiencing a life-threatening situation, you should always call triple zero. Always call triple zero if it's a life-threatening situation. Anything else? Jump onto the virtual ED portal of Northern Health, who is now um, providing their virtual ED services in all of Victoria. You guys are into research there as well. What kind of research is happening at Northern Health these days? Yeah, I might go back to uh, what we do, uh, what we call it a TAOS model. Uh, So we provide interpreting service without saying. Um, We have a large demand. We cover over 60,000 interpreter bookings per year. And uh, as I said, 80% of them are covered in-house. We also do translation. So um, every year we translate more than 300,000 words in our top eight languages. We also do transcultural training to our 7,000 staff members at Northern Health every year. 
covered uh, in their online training. Uh, and the last part of what we do is research. So to date, um, thanks to Emiliano as well, uh, we have uh, published over 30 national and international conference papers and articles. A lot of the research that we have been doing is about uh, what language service is changing the way we care for our patients and what the benefits are. Also, we're helping with the researchers in the organization to engage our cult community into their clinical research. At Northern Health, we have a policy that 25% of the participants in any research project needs to come from a cult background. Uh, it's very interesting. We see a big change in what we call um, post-COVID era um, change. Uh, people start to approach us more when they are doing research, when they're trying to engage consumers in developing, for example, patient information brochures. Mm -hmm. Um, information videos is another thing people tend to de develop these days. So you're consulted during that process, are you? It's a co-design, so you're actually involved in the creation of this of this content, are you? I would say it's a bit of both. Um, yeah, what we have been doing at Northern House in developing patient information has been we are engaged in the consumers group. Um, so at Northern House, we have a consumers group in giving feedbacks to all the health literatures they're producing to the patients. So uh, TAOS has always been part of that group uh, to give uh, culturally uh, advice, uh, to give advice regarding to the culturally appropriate appropriateness of this material mm. to this group. Um, so that has been part of the co-designing process. Uh, That's amazing. The patient information brochures. Yes, now we have the video content um, also uh, because because people now tend to develop digital content. Mm, that's right. To send to the patient. We are now seeking governance in that area because uh, this is also something new uh, for the healthcare industry in developing this video content to the patients. As I said before, um, it's all well intended. The clinicians, uh, researchers, and everyone, they do want to engage with the cloud community. Uh, we are just helping them um, to, uh, we're just helping them about this how to, how to engage them. Um, so these days, as we mentioned, social media, uh, we are all living in some sort of information bubble, I would say, especially mm. for people who uh, do not have a good command of English. Uh, we're very used to keep receiving information from the, the media in our own language. Uh, so that is definitely creating some sort of information bubble um, for, for, for us all. So uh, I would say by accessing information directly from a health service in regarding to your own care, sometimes probably would be the only chance you are trying to get information from another channel outside of your comfort zone. So by having that information translated uh, and uh, um, delivered in a way that you feel comfortable with uh, makes it invaluable for you to receive that crucial information for mm. your own care. So I think that is also why um, providing this service is so important to uh, our consumers, not because we want to look uh, look after them and teach them and tell them and preaching to them, but also we want to engage them and want them to be part of uh, the care we are providing to them. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Yue, and uh, I really appreciate your time today. I know that um, 
I'm talking to you during your time off. So I really appreciate you jumping online with me today. Uh, and uh, I do apologize for taking you away from your family time. Don't worry at all. <laughs> yes, uh, it's been a while that I haven't uh, taken my leave um, because uh, it's just very busy in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've been trying to uh, keep up with everything, uh, do, do our best as we can. Um, yeah, I try to cope with the, the constant changes. Um, uh, That's uh, right. Yeah, so now we're still um, in uh, a lot of the restrictions. Uh, we're still wearing our N95 masks in mm-hmm. clinical areas plus face shield. Uh, we're still not allowed to have on-site events, for example. That's why I said last Friday's was, was event was very exciting for me. Definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, but I just uh, wanted to say uh, COVID is not over yet. We're still in the midst of it. Um, and the healthcare uh, workers, we are really working hard uh, trying to combat uh, with COVID and uh, look after our community. So um, as for our interpreters, they're the same. We are now um, trying to extend our PPE training, our fit testing and everything to our agency interpreters as well, mm-hmm. not only house interpreters because we believe um, regardless of, of what your employment status is we all want the clinician to see you as part of the caring team and sometimes you can see the change from the clinician by having a really good interpreter just one session can change everything so uh, I would say it's a joint effort by everyone. Not only the educators need to provide the training to clinicians, not only um, uh, management need to go out and liaise with other department and tell them the importance of engaging interpreters, streamline the process, but also interpreters plays a crucial part in the process uh, because we are the person who is there um, in the team delivering this mission together with everybody else and make a difference um, to the person that we're caring for. So um, I need to give the kudos to all the interpreters who um, who are listening to this today. Uh, You are making a difference um, to our society, to our community. So well-deserved. So I hope you were able to let your hair down a little bit and have a bit of fun, hopefully. Yes, definitely. I finally um, get to catch up with some of my friends uh, for for dining. Uh, I haven't done that for a while. And uh, going uh, tomorrow, uh, our family uh, has booked a trip to Geelong. We're going to oh, stay wow. there for two days. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, enjoy your stay. Geelong's Geelong's beautiful. They got a lot of galleries there. The shoreline is beautiful. So enjoy your time. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Same to you. Have a good long weekend. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much to all of you out there for tuning in today as well. I spoke today with Yue Hu, who is the director of the Transcultural and Language Services. Uh, otherwise known as TALS at the Northern Health. And um, congratulations again to you and your team for taking out the award for excellence in organizational leadership at the um, Center for Cultural Diversity and Aging's Excellence Awards uh, on the 3rd of June. Thank you everyone again for tuning in and please don't forget to like the video and subscribe and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Conversations Podcast.